Welcome to A24 on the Rocks. I will be your host this evening, Cole William Whitlaw Gibson. And tonight we are talking about the movie Free Fire, which what happens when Oppenheimer, a real life cannibal and Captain Marvel all get together? That's right. They make a movie about the IRA that happens to be an action comedy, folks. But before we get into it, hell yeah, let me introduce my co-host. We'll start with my boy, Kevin. Hey, good evening, world. This is Kevin K. Con Con and checking tonight. I'm drinking a good old whiskey sour. Yeah, I decided to take a little bit of Michter's rye because rye is just growing on me a lot recently. I just rye whiskey, rye whiskey. So I made an old fashioned. No, not old fashioned. What did I say? Whiskey sour. Man, I've had a couple of these already. So this is going to be a hell of an episode. <laughs> hey, if rye is growing on you, you should probably take a shower. <laughs> mm, mm. Healthy advice. Healthy. Uh I'm I'm Eric and I'm drinking an Oktoberfest German style Marzen uh, and uh, tis the season. Um, I am drinking a Cab Sav by uh, Bar Dog in California. I picked it because it's a red wine that gives some of their proceeds to animal rescues across North America. So I drink with purpose Bravo. and I live with purpose as well. I um, drink and live with purpose. <laughs> Kelly Kiss, drink with purpose. <laughs> yeah. I am uh, tonight. I am drinking Jefferson's Ocean Aged, but the rye Ooh. whiskey. So I'm also on the rye train tonight with Kevin as well. So do you know they make a Jefferson uh, Ocean Aged in humidity? Yes, yeah, Singapore, That's and it's not weird. out yet. Right. I know it is. I it. saw it on the shelf. I took what? a picture of it yesterday. Son of a I didn't buy it because it was like 110 dollars, but right, it's definitely well, out. It hasn't made it to Alaska. So, now that we've all done our introductions and have been uh, completely liquored up, uh, we are uh, talking about Free Fire, which is a film starring uh, Cillian Murphy, Brie Larson, and Army Hammer. So this movie is about basically a drug or a gun deal gone wrong with the IRA. It is supposed to be an action comedy. And uh, I guess my first question to y'all, have you ever seen this movie, let alone have you ever heard about this movie before? Let's start with you, Eric. No, no. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, all the actors in here, I, not all of them, uh, all, the main actors I knew, like Killian Murphy, uh, before Oppenheimer, I, I, I knew him from uh, Batman Begins. Brie Larson, obviously, we knew from Room. Uh, Army Hammer, he was uh, the Winklevoss twins in Social Network. So I, I kind of knew all these actors before, and I am very surprised this uh, film slipped through my grasp. Mm-hmm. Did anyone, has anyone seen this film? I guess that's a better question, because I definitely had not seen it, and I have never heard of this Negative guy. Negative on both. I've seen a lot of head shaking. Nope. Nope. And in fact, when I went to go look for it on HBO Max, where every single one of the A24 movies up to this point have been, and it wasn't there, I was a little concerned. I was like, all right, what in God's green earth are we getting ourselves into? We had to go to some library app mm-hmm. to find this thing. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I ended up having to rent it off of YouTube because I was in the same boat. I went to Max, was not there, 
got confused, went to YouTube, yeah. found the Help. movie, still wasn't convinced it was the right movie, then went to Wikipedia, <laughs> looked it up, then, you know, back-checked reference and was like, okay, here's my $5, let's get this show on the road. Right, and reminded myself <laughs> this is an A24 podcast, so this is all perfectly yes, normal. This is the most <laughs> yeah. off-the-grid A24 movie we've had to find so far, which is saying something. Yeah, sure. I would say so, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, yeah, everything else was on Max, I guess. I It's definitely not... I, well, I'll just say right away, it wasn't one of the worst films we ever se- we've ever seen. Like I no, actually, not by no, any yeah, means. No, it's pretty pleasing uh, in the end exactly. to me. But yeah, yeah. well, it's considering it's got Martin Scorsese just putting his name executive on the box. Produ- producer, <laughs> and it's just a very not well known film. So yeah, yeah. So getting into the meat and potatoes of this film, uh, you know, basically what happens is the IRA is in, I believe, Boston, uh, somewhere in the states, and they are here to purchase some weapons. And uh, things start to go in an interesting direction. We've already kind of touched on some of the cast. There was uh, quite a few, like, I would say, like, decent names attached to it, including Brie Larson. What was your guys' kind of feeling or, or vibe going into this movie? Or, what, like, did you have any expectations or, or thoughts? I know some of you guys like to read the synopsis beforehand. Uh, Kelly, you got anything to input? Nope. I am a purist in the regards of many things but for these movies it's that i don't look up anything ahead of time i try to go in as blind as possible and when i looked up this movie on our tv i looked at eric and i went is this it like we were just talking about i had no idea what to expect what to think and once it came on i'll be honest it did not grab my attention right away and usually i try to like set aside everything and like try to take in a full experience and this is probably just because like it's a lot of action right from the get-go and that's not always what grabs me immediately so first impression was exactly that it probably wasn't until like we get more brie larson in there that i was like oh that's a face that i know and i'm interested in seeing what happens to her character so at that point i started to get pulled in what about yourself kevin you're a big synopsis guy yeah um so on this one i was uh be honest, rushing against the clock, uh, coming home from work and having to fit this uh, viewing in before we recorded. So I uh, went in completely dry, <laughs> went and just pop that movie on and just see what complete what happens. Uh, recognized some familiar faces in Killian Murphy and Brie Larson. So I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Um, I didn't recognize Army Hammer right away. I knew he was someone familiar. I thought it was John Hamm right away. I was like, wait, no, that's not right. <laughs> um, which would have been kind of funny if it was. But our, but I knew I liked his character immediately. His dry wit in the, in the first introductory pieces of this film, I was uh, given a flavor of what to expect pretty much right off the bat. Because you, you don't get some of those heavy Hayden um, comic lines where he's kind of like patting him down, looking for wires, and just you know, the bluntness about that character. And it really sets the scene for what that film kind of was for me anyway. Like that comedy aspect was very apparent right away. So my impressions were famous people that I could probably get behind because I like their characters. An interesting twist right away having the comedy hand revealed. Yeah, so uh, before this, uh, I guess this movie, Kelly kind of alluded to it, is goes pretty fast into the uh, the action side of things. Eric, how was how did you think the tension was built up into like the action or right before everything started going sideways? How, how did you like the kind of pseudo storytelling with the maybe, you know, the guy with the black guy behind the scenes? I thought it was pretty funny. And I, I think that's uh, what really uh, kept me going in this film, because this film really is just 
kind of one very, very prolonged scene. It, you know, we get into the gun deal, it goes wrong, and we kind of are, like, it's just constant survival mode after that. But the script and uh, the constant, like, humor of it kept me in it the whole time and entertained. Especially during that gun deal, the South African guy, he was fucking hilarious. Like, I, I kept laughing at him over and over again. And, yeah, the... Black eye, that whole situation, just like the unfortunate fact that this guy that just got a black eye from somebody had to do a gun deal with another guy on the other side doing a gun deal the same day. Uh, That kind of like mishaps of circumstance. I I like seeing that in film. It's it's funny writing. And I uh, very much enjoyed the whole setup of the gun deal gone wrong for sure. I really agree with you, Eric, on Vern's character. I thought he was absolutely hilarious. Uh, some great one-liners that kind of stuck out to me that were just, like, fantastic. I freaking love it. He's like, I'm provoked. I'm from Africa. He had just some good, good, hilarious one-liners where he's supposed to be the boss, and he's just this ends up being the spineless coward in the whole thing, and it was just... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I liked his character setup, so it made you, like, relate to him right off the bat. And the Boston guy that gave uh, the other guy a black eye, that's Jack Rayner, who was also Christian in Midsummer. Yeah, that was that's a huge character in A24 lore. So uh, also cool to see him in this. It's like a wild animal sighting. You're like, there he is. There he is. Yeah. yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio meme, yeah. for sure, in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's him. <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel like there's. I quite guess a I gotta few. see Midsummer then, huh? Yeah, you do, you do. Yeah, there's definitely quite a few actors and actresses in this film. Where, uh, like, the guy who plays Vernon is from District Nine, which I absolutely mm. love. And when he shows up, Dude, and I, I haven't hear, seen that movie in forever, I, but I, I hear really that like voice, that yeah. and I'm like, that's gotta be that guy. <laughs> Quick Google, sure enough, he's District Nine guy. So that's um, that Alien movie, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Peter yeah. Jackson directed that, right? Uh, was it Peter it Jackson? Was like, it was Peter Jackson's, like, I think his... He produced um, it. Yeah, he produced it. It was, like, kind of his protege was the director behind that one. They're supposed to make okay. another one, but yeah. who knows? You know, that was... Yeah, I just remember, like, <laughs> watching it on a one-off in, like, someone's, like, dorm room or something and being like, that movie was fucking awesome. And when you see all that crazy, crappy cinema and something sticks out, I know we're not talking about District 9, but it's just great about movies, how they have, like, a indelible mark on your brain sometimes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, so going into the comedy aspect of this film, I did not think this film was going to be a comedy at all. So I was pleasantly surprised by all the kind of quips and one-liners like Eric was talking about. What was uh, your guys' input? Did you think that the comedy made this movie stand out or did you think that the comedy kind of fell flat and, and really wasn't uh, a positive note on this one? And I'll go to Kelly on this. Yeah, so I thought to probably take it in serious until Steve or Steve-O gets shot, goes down, and it's kind of slow-mo-y. It was giving a little Green Dragons, but not really. Just another <laughs> film that Scorsese executive produced from A24. I, Shout out. I had the same thought, Kelly. I'm like, we're we going Green Dragons? Don't do it! <laughs> but he goes down. He makes literally, like, he acts his heart out because that face that he's making, as I thought the light was leaving his face, I was like, oh... I know that he's supposedly a junkie too, and but he's such a young man and he's full of potential and I can't believe he's going like this. And then it's like right after that, the silliness starts to kick in as soon as he fires the first shot. And <laughs> like that mix of the silliness and the situation that we're in, 
lasted for me. Like, I felt like I was like kind of like holding my breath and like holding my laugh for about 10 minutes. And then I said to Eric, I was like, what if we never leave this scene? What if this scene is the rest of the movie? And then it basically happened. And I couldn't (laughs) believe it. But I think that it was such a good mix. I think that they found that medium and it's it's more funny than not it's almost like you're in you're laughing and then you realize you've just been watching a bunch of men like crawl around on the floor for a really long time and (laughs) not (laughs) (laughs) not that i watched this series a lot when it came out but for those of you who know um like back when halo was super popular and like youtube was just beginning there was that series red versus blue where it's mm-hmm. voices on top of these like basically military dudes that are in the Halo mm-hmm. universe. It made me think of kind of like red versus blue in the weirdest way, but then like with like a Tarantino spice on top of it. And then like a, a side of something else that I can't quite name that then would give like us that scenery that we were in. It was, it was well, it was, it was a good execution. Was Red versus Blue the uh, Leroy Jenkins? No, no, no. That's something no, that different. that was just a straight-up YouTube video <laughs> from World of, World Warcraft. of Warcraft. Okay. Yeah. Completely but, different. Uh, the director of this film enough. did say Sorry. that uh, he, he got a lot of uh, good inspiration from Quentin Tarantino regarding Reservoir Dogs and Hateful Eight, mm-hmm. which yeah. Reservoir Dogs is basically a bunch of guys shooting mm-hmm. each other and you right. know, kind of turning with, on each yeah, other. With backstory, right. Yeah. yeah, and then Hateful Eight is a movie that's set in one room, right? Yeah. That's people shooting each other, too. Which is so. literally almost two and a half times as long right. as this movie. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, the comedy aspect really hit hard when they're coming around in the van and you just go, <laughs> you like John Denver? <laughs> Pops in the A-track. And I was like, all right, here we are. We're listening to John Denver going through this warehouse house for a gun deal i'm i'm all in let's go and that was my moment that was it it just seemed like a bunch of characters that would never want to have a drink with each other at a bar and you just throw them all in one room and they all have some kind of goal and they're all just like missing the mark slightly because none of them would like each other in everyday life and so it's just a bunch of people that are constantly misunderstanding each other yeah. And also missing each other with bullets. <laughs> yeah, constantly. Yeah, that too. <laughs> also constantly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so this uh, this film has a, I would say, a quite eclectic and colorful cast of characters with accents from all over. And uh, I was immediately drawn into this film because I love accents. And when you have like the South African accent and then Cillian Murphy and uh, just uh, I was all about it. Who is, is it your Cillian favorite? Cillian? Can we can we <sighs> figure that out? I've, I think it's I've Killian, whatever you Gillian. want it to be, Eric. Yeah, Killian? we'll just have okay. to Killian ask him. Murphy. Killian. Yeah, yes. let's just write yeah. him. Let's yeah. write him a letter. Yeah, we'll his people yeah, we'll get with our people. Oppenheimer. Send him a fruit yeah. basket, maybe. Yeah, he's been asking me to do Oppenheimer for a while, so I'll hit him up. <laughs> <laughs> you're, gonna, you're leaving him on, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, eclectic cast of characters. My question to y'all is who is your favorite? If you had to pick one person throughout this movie, not necessarily the one who survives or, or you want to win, but just your, you know, your favorite person in this film. Uh, does anyone want to go first? Cause this is kind of a, a question you got to think about. I already know my answer. So I'll go first. Uh, I, I already referenced this earlier when I talked about the intro to the film, but I really enjoyed army hair, army hammers character as Ord. Um, I thought that he had uh, a very important part through the entirety of this film from the start all the way to the climax. 
Uh, he had various uh, comedy aspects, but as well as being a driving force of the action, you know, just was had some great dry wit and really commanded the screen when it was his time, even in a crazy shootout with no real plot. So when you can do that, that's pretty fantastic. So Army Hammer gets my vote uh, for most entertaining character uh, in this one. I was just going to say fun fact about Army Hammer. Uh, it's more not less of a fun fact. Luke Evans was supposed to originally play his role. And his role reminded me so much of The Gray Man, where his brother, Chris Evans, actually plays the character. And I don't know if you've seen that movie, but they remind me very similar of each other. So just a little tidbit. But Eric, you're up. Uh, For me, it was Vernon. Uh, Just the South African accent added this whole comedic aspect to him. Uh, Sorry for our listeners in South Africa, but your accent's a little funny. Uh, (laughs) If you are um, listening in South Africa, let us know. (laughs) I I think... um, I thought he was Austrian. <laughs> he, <yeah. laughs> he was like more flamboyant. He doesn't seem like a guy who should be an arms dealer. He uh, he doesn't know how to shoot a gun. You know, like he he's constantly like forcing himself into situ- the situation where he is completely out of place and shouldn't be doing this job. And he made me laugh the most out of anybody in the film, I think. And uh, he was such a wimp, too. And I, I think that adds like a extra comedic aspect to this whole situation that you have this like random South African guy in here being a sleazy wimp and uh, everyone else is running around all self-serious and he's just trying to make these like dumb right jokes and he was so time. worried about his suit yeah. right yeah. he's yeah. like worried about getting like soot on his suit as he got shot yeah. in the shoulder pad <laughs> like yeah the suit was the big thing for him yeah he's got 90 minutes yep <laughs> Gotta get your shit in. <laughs> my fave. I don't even know why. It, it's just in my gut, though. It's it's Steve-O. It's our boy Steve. Even okay. though he may or may not be a sex pest. Sex pest, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He bottled somebody, which, like, is that just smashing a bottle on a person? I'm guessing that's what I thought, I yeah. think that that sounds Bottling. like it's some kind yeah. of slang for uh, something a little more serious than that. If okay. if what's his face is getting that mad about him doing it to his cousin, like, <laughs> well, if he smashed a bottle on his cousin's face because he no, said like no. she rejected yeah, him, it's a woman. Yeah, she though. rejected him, and then he bottled I, her. I, that, yeah, bottled yeah. her. I think just like, and then yeah. she went to the hospital yeah. and was you know, yeah, it will never be the same again. Oh. That's what right. They said. Well, yeah. Yeah. Brie Larson calls him a sex pest, so I had to figure. I figured that it Let's meant he, he assaulted. She was seventeen. She was seventeen. Yeah, that's why he's still a piece of shit. So. Well, and like hitting a bottle over somebody's head just because they rejected your uh, forthcoming sets a sex pest behavior. For yeah, sure. for yeah. sure. Sex pest well, I mean, like behavior. that's just like yeah. it doesn't matter who you're doing it to. But anyways, regardless of yeah. what he did, I think he probably regardless. did. He's being yeah. accused of something a little more serious than that, in my opinion. But what I like is that when his own people reprimand him, he gets he takes the the beating bad. He took a beating at the beginning of the movie. Then he says, there's absolutely no way in hell that I did that. And I actually kind of believe him. But then he wants to piss off the other guy so bad that he just says the worst shit that he could possibly say and is a shit stirrer. Mm-hmm. And, and is 
kicks yep. off the rest and then of he it, kicks right? off the rest like, of the movie and then when his friend uh, dies he tells everybody to stop shooting him like leave him alone because he's mourning i'm grieving <laughs> i'm grieving, I'm grieving. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's doing drugs and he's just a wild wild character yeah, from right, beginning doing to- meth yep. in the middle of the shootout <laughs> meanwhile they're all just dragging their carcasses on the yeah. ground while they're saying all this stuff like he's just he's so wild good. so I, I really liked him i liked his amount of pride that's a good pick kelly <laughs> <laughs> I like Steve-O because yeah. he's really the driving force in this whole yep. fucking thing. He's the right? agitator. Yes. Yeah, without right. him, there he's would the be agitator. no gun deal Z- gone exactly. wrong. Really. Exactly. This yeah. whole plot is Steve-O. Yeah. Well, my favorite character is you get you know you gotta watch and burn right. So you gotta you gotta give it to Vernon. <laughs> I absolutely loved <laughs> just every time he talked, it made me laugh. And he just uh, you know between the gun where he's handing his gun over to to Army Hammer to to because it's jammed he's like my gun's jammed you gotta help me out (laughs) (laughs) it's just his catchphrase of watch and burn baby watch and burn just got me every time uh but going so this movie call real quick yeah vern is a rare and mysterious tool don't forget (laughs) (laughs) he certainly is (laughs) that was great that was a good one. Yeah. So, so this movie holds a record for the uh, longest shootout in cinema history for fifty-five <laughs> <What>? minutes. <laughs> wow. Are you serious? And it's only a yes. ninety-minute wow. film. It's only That's very interesting. Minutes. That's so, the longest constant shootout in film history. Is fifty-five it, minutes? They went for yeah. that on purpose. Uh, Holy yes. sh- of course they did. Yeah. Absolutely. There was yeah. so much of this film where it was the same fucking thing, just over yeah, and over again. The director Ben Wheatley, he like had. Uh, he was kind of big in beta message board or something. Like he was an online what? guy before this. Short filmmaker and animator. Yeah. So it, so it, meme he, lord is essentially what you're he saying. He seems like a meme lord a bit. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, he he even went on uh, in one. Of, he said that part of another part of his uh, inspiration was Half Life and Counter Strike. He absolutely loved those games. He also rebuilt the warehouse in Minecraft so he could better explore the space from a cinema perspective. Hell yeah. <laughs> So he literally played this as a first-person shooter and then just decided to put it on film. 1978, he's like, it's in Boston, right? 1978, Boston? Yeah, 1970, exactly. But yeah, so this was the longest... filmed in the UK, but not that that really matters. Yeah, Longest, uh, longest shootout, which to my, I guess the way I look at this film, with all the people crawling around, no one's running around, it's not action-packed no, over nobody's the top running anyway. but it, it's it's listed as an action movie and my argument is i think we need to make a new genre called slow action <laughs> and my question to you guys is like do that. you think the uh the slow action pack of this film benefited or or was a like, negative aspect to this film do you think that the shootout should have been quicker and more fighting in dialogue after the fact or did you like how it was all packaged up we're gonna go to kevin first so I was uh, oddly reminded of that scene or that skit in Family Guy where Peter gets, like, hurt, and he just slowly oh. drags Oh, my knee! And like, yeah, oh, he grabs like, For, like, 30 knee. seconds, 45 Ow. seconds, whatever. Just, <laughs> I was thinking that whole time. I was just like, man, these guys are really just milking this for everything it's <laughs> fucking so worth. <laughs> and it just kept going the whole time, like yep. up and down stairs, like yep. getting lit on fire and still fucking just dragging yourself around. And even the van was dragging itself like the whole fucking thing. You know, it was totally on purpose. It was self-aware and it was well done for being that 
total ridiculousness. So this actually, I like that you mentioned that it reminded you of the Family Guy. This one reminded me of the SNL skit. Uh, I think like Lonely Island like did it, and it's the uh, Ooh, what you say? Where they every time yeah. they shoot, the song just starts. It just We're people just keep showing up. Yeah. And get, oh. get shot again. It was like every time any person moved to this film, they were getting shot in the leg or the arm or somewhere <laughs> non-vital. They're gonna fall, <laughs> yell something yeah. back at the person, tell them to like fuck off. Like when Brie Larson got shot by the guy who who was defending his cousin, and she just was like, "You fucking shot me. I hope you know. Fuck you, Andy." your cousin <laughs> uh what about you eric what was your thoughts on the uh the slow action pace of this film it okay so like i said the comedy kept me in this film i do feel like it, it just people were dying too slow like even uh martin the first guy who really gets like fucked up he came back you know like you know at, toward, <laughs> yeah, like halfway zombie. through the film and like a zombie just like didn't know where he was <laughs> And I'm just, I kind of did get to a point where I'm like, can I just see somebody die? But, but like the slow action, the, the fact that it's comedic, I think brought me along and made it better. It made it a lot better, actually. I, I do, I did get to a point where I'm like, can somebody just fucking get shot in the head already? And but then we get that at the end, and it feels very satisfying. Right, exactly. Especially when, yeah, especially when my favorite character Vernon gets shot in the head. I just seeing him burnt alive and then get shot in the head actually was very satisfying to me you said it eric <laughs> satisfying exactly yeah. like they completely made it so n like non-lethal wounds for the whole fucking two-thirds yeah. of the entire movie getting shot everywhere else then that it matters except for that one dude who got blasted in the back and passed yeah. but uh my point is i agree with you when they when they went the dead center bullseye right between the eyes i was like oh that was totally intentional like, yeah there's the just <laughs> If we're talking slow action, I would say when Cole, you said you mentioned like hateful eight or maybe it was Kevin. One of you said it. Credit to one of you. That would also be like <laughs> the same kind of like genre, not only because it's like the one setting, but that's also I would consider it a slow action. Um, and I think that this movie, part of your question was, did it like, did it need to be that way? Was it a better? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think. For better or for worse, yes, it had to be that way. <laughs> it's like you can't make a cake without a good amount of flour. You can't make this movie any other way than how it was made. So if anything changed about it, we wouldn't be talking about it in this way. And maybe even A24 wouldn't put their brand on it. Because it is mm -hmm. um, not like I'm a huge action movie or gun movie buff. But I don't think a movie's like existed like this one beforehand even in all of tarantino's madness he hasn't quite done this version the never-ending paintball war of actual death and destruction exactly what i thought as i was watching this i mean this just feels like an elongated paintball war that hurts with actual bullets but i also agree with your other point that this has never been done before i was thinking the this felt so A24 because of the uniqueness of what we were experiencing, how the continuousness of one scene, the idea that we have the longest gun battle of all time. These are indie art house themes, and I feel like that really, truly why this is an A24 movie and why we're talking about it in general and enjoying it because it truly was unique. And anytime you can do that in the giant pantheon of the history of cinema, good for you. Congratulations. So with yeah. all the, oh, go ahead, Eric. 
I just said hell yeah. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> Louder for the people in the back. Hell yeah, brother. Yeah. <laughs> so this movie has a ton of gunfighting. Obviously, it's 55 minutes from the first shot to the last shot of the whole gunfight. Um, what were your thoughts on the sound effects, like the the use of the like the space? It's a warehouse. There's lots of you know ricochets and things like that. The sounds of the guns, and then also the the effects of uh, the gunshots and, and things of that nature of how how people were you know hit, and some of them were I would say a little brutal. But uh, let's go let's go back to you, Eric. Uh, I think I really enjoy, separate from the sound effect, I'm going to talk about the set for a second. I really enjoy films that are actually purposely placed in one room. Like I said, because the plot kind of gets stuck in in this gun battle for a while, like it did feel a little longer than uh, it actually was. But I enjoy that they utilized just one warehouse space for the whole film. And I I think it kind of uh, makes the film feel a little more down to earth in a way, even though this was a gigantically long gun battle. Sound effects, I felt the gun the gun sounds were, you know, pretty on point. Like, I I guess I'm not somebody who knows a ton about sound effects or a ton about how guns should actually sound, but I don't know. I, I felt like hearing the guns, like, bounce off stuff, like, the, the bullets, I mean, um, that sounded on point, and it sounded realistic to me. What you, Kevin? Yeah, as someone who's been around some guns in his life and been to shooting ranges a time or two, I would agree with Eric that it absolutely was as about as realistic as it possibly could imagine for me. Like from the way that they had to constantly reload to the to the impact shots of where the bullets were handing, I really enjoyed the scene where Killian Murphy gets to the AR for the first time and tries it out and just goes absolutely ham and empties the whole clip and everyone's just kind of watching him cuz you can tell the other gun dealers don't really expect him to do that and he's, you know, there for war. He's not there to mess around. So I thought that when the movie needed to get real and have some realism to it, it definitely did a good job of doing that. Um, and it was also interesting to me the the wide variety of guns they chose to represent in the shootout. We saw revolvers. We saw magnums. We saw um, semi-auto pistols. We saw um, grand rifles. We saw assault rifles. We saw a large variety of different guns in this film, which I thought was also pretty cool when you talk about having a gun deal like to have that represented in a bunch of different ways was pretty unique and they stuck to the lore or the realism of what you know firearms should be in in movies for me uh, even to the point of where they're getting shot and showing the wounds and the way that they went with that process like uh Eric talked about it earlier when um wow uh the gentleman gets shot in the head i forget Vern his, yeah Vern. Vern no 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 the other oh. the uh, guy in the yellow oh, suit army hammer Martin? No, 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 Martin, Martin, Pope Martin, Martin. <laughs> Martin. He's like, I've never seen a brain before, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, anyway, so. That, <laughs> yep. that whole process, like, I just think they just put a great amount of detail to the realism of a total farce of a movie, if that makes sense. Like, I don't know, farce shouldn't be a bad word in this sense, but mm-hmm. it, it felt like a naked gun or an airplane or something, like one of those slapsticks, but done in a very serious manner. And I think that was just super unique because I loved those movies growing up. And so for me, it just kind of felt like some of that. Yeah, I would say it definitely felt like a very grounded naked gun in terms of the uh, like the gunfighting and stuff. Uh, Kelly, what were your thoughts on the like the practical effects? So this movie is completely a practical effect movie. There was no CGI. What are your thoughts on that? I know I'm a big fan of practical effects, but do you think maybe it was too much, especially when a dude's head got uh, ran over? <laughs> I mean, it was because that was my favorite character. 
But I'll answer two in one because I do want to say with the sound mixing of those guns, holy crap, were they loud. I have said before and will continue to say throughout this entire podcast, I love a negotiation scene. And not long after our negotiation scene, they start practicing that like gun out on some of that cement and blocks and everything. And I just feel like the volume from our TV went from just like, oh, we're watching a movie at a somewhat loud volume to holy crap, our neighbors are going to think that there's like absolutely a war going on inside this household right now. So the amount of sound for when the guns shot off and that continued throughout the movie, the guns were loud as I think they should be. Um, it exactly. was, yeah, it was exactly. extremely alarming. Yeah. And then on top of that, I feel like they did a really good job of showing like what kind of power like ammunition can do. I don't know a ton about guns, but like I just feel like you have certain kind of bullets that have a certain kind of shape that are going to drill harder, shoot faster, hit deeper. And I think that all of them probably have like the best of the best. And that showed to me. I also feel like a lot of them had pistols that had a really long like range. And I just assume <laughs> these pistols must be the best of the best too. This is my impression as not a gun person necessarily. It all felt like, of course, all of these people that are doing these kind of deals would have like state of the art protection on them at all times when brie larson just whips one out of her purse in retaliation yeah. and then like shoots it across what seemed like a big amount of space and hit the guy i was like of course she would have a gun like that right there ready to go and like loaded and prepared yeah. so everybody gets a gun and everybody gets shot right like that's just yeah. the rules of this but, film yeah the imprint that those bullets left so We've kind of discussed on that, too. There's a lot of missed shots. They have the accuracy of stormtroopers. But you see <laughs> the power of the bullets, like, left behind because there's so much concrete everywhere. And there's so much iron and, like, warehouse material everywhere. You see, like, the residue of those bullets laying around. You see them go into, like, that big spindle of wood and, like, shatter it. It, just like the power of guns was very, very clear to me. And I like that that's all practical effects. I didn't necessarily know it, but it makes sense because it felt a lot more grounded and not like ridiculous. And like green dragons. Like green dragons. And yeah. in addition to that, no like camera angles with these guns that like followed it. Like, like the Matrix has its time and place. Don't get me wrong. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. It wouldn't have made sense, I feel like, with this movie because. There's so much other things to focus on. So as I've already said, just like that power and impact of the weapons, I think was really crucial to the whole scenery, the whole mood that they're kind of setting. And it was like palpable. And the fact they're in one room and one space the whole time, I think you needed to make it more uh, real and palpable because obviously all those gunshots would reverberate around the whole space. Yeah. Uh, like crazy, you know? So, yeah, they, they needed to make it like that. Yeah, I, I think um, one of the things that I really enjoyed about this film, which kind of what you just talked about, Kelly, with the gunplay and kind of the camera angle, and they're they're not doing the, the Matrix or anything like that. It's kind of chaos. Mm -hmm. 
and you don't really know where anyone is at any time because it's always like kind of a close up and you're just seeing the person hiding behind or just like laying down crawling somewhere. It's like I have no idea who's about to shoot them next, but I know someone's about to get shot. Someone's going to do something. But um, I think, you know, in reality, in those, you know, gunfights, no one knows where anyone Mm -hmm. is because everyone just ran for their life and hid and is now just blind firing or just shooting at anything that moves. (laughs) Kevin? I think that you just said it in reality. So if you can compare to what that actually would have been like, none of us have been in a firefight, right? Probably none of us have been in a situation where we're getting. <laughs> My but lawyer I says I don't have to felt- that's true. You don't uh, know but me. I felt like that's that would be my reaction is everybody just fucking scatter as fast as you can get behind anything concrete and just blindly start blasting at the other side. So while there was a total sense of ridiculousness in this film, there was also a total sense of reality <laughs> in this film. Like mm-hmm. this is what would happen if you had a fucked up gun deal go wrong in 1978 like it would just happen this way right Mm -hmm. it just would and i think that's why i enjoyed this movie is because it it just felt like i could have been just dropping in on a bunch of just random irish people coming in and trying to buy guns from double dealing weirdos in pimp suits i mean it was just good it was just good (laughs) and anyway so i just started blasting yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and always sunny reference has got to be in there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, another another thing I wanted to go about practical effects, just because I love them. Uh, Vernon, when he got lit on fire, the actor actually did that, and they actually did light him on fire, and that was oh, all no uh, shit. practical. So uh, mad respect to that guy. That was a really good scene. Goodness gracious. Um, and I, yeah, I. I've never did been he lit wear on fire. like a fireproof suit. I'm guessing, and yeah, yeah, yeah. they <laughs> must have had a bunch of. I'm sure no, he the, died here. Right? <laughs> <laughs> He's <Yeah>. dead. <laughs> That's why I'm there's like, no well, District Ten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no one tried uh, this well, at with, home. With... <laughs> but here's here's a tip if you ever want to light yourself on fire. This was one of my uncle's party tricks. You spray yourself with hairspray first, and then mm-hmm. you light yourself yep. on fire, and the hairspray burns off. And it just lights the hairspray yep. and not the everything. Do not try it because it burns. You didn't hear yeah, it burned so fast. But uh, with with him wearing that big old pimp suit, I guarantee you they put that on and then put a fire suit underneath it and was able to hide it all up. But yeah, yeah. very, very Incredible. impressive. One thing I did want to talk about that I actually picked up on this movie that I do not pick up on a lot of movies was the music. I thought uh, they had a lot of choices of music. We already touched on John Denver. But uh, Eric, why don't you tell me what was your thoughts about the general music and score of this film? Uh, a lot of classic rock. We had uh, Run Through the Jungle by CCR. I mean, it, it put us in 1978. It, it did its job. Is there an actual theme in here, too, that kind of underlays over everything? Like, I guess I, I was so, like, kind of distracted by all the gunfire that it, I didn't, like, note as much about the normal theme and more just, like, the more famous songs in it. But yeah, it seems like Jeff Barrow and Ben Salisbury did the theme. And I I can't say that their theme totally stuck out to me, but I did enjoy like all the classic rock choices in here. And I felt it put us in the time and it it gave you like, I think what Kelly was saying, that kind of Quentin Tarantino feel to a film where you kind of put this like old school soundtrack in and you put a lot of tasty hits in there and uh, people, you know, kind of enjoy it. Yeah. What about you, Kevin? Um, so for me, 
you know, the cool part about this soundtrack for me was the absence of sound. Uh, there was a lot of points in this film where we had absolutely no background soundtrack whatsoever, and we had nothing but the sound of gunshots. And they did such a ridiculous use of gunshots, 51 plus whatever minutes we've decided, that that actually became the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And that, for me, was very cool. Mostly because all the different guns sound a little different to me. They all have kind of a different, you know, uh, use. They they did a great use of using the ricochet, right? They talked about bouncing off different bullets off different objects. So they truly went out of their way to use the ambient space and the ambient noise that they had to make this soundtrack extra special. And I think that is what stuck out the most to me. Now, yeah, I did make notes of the CCR and some of the other, like, famous music that we get. But it was very intentional for me. They they used the music at the right time. They let the guns accentuate the accents or the action at the right time. And they used, uh, you know, music when necessary. So I, I took note of all of that, and that's important. So I think they did a good job. I think the lack of music played into the comedic timing, too, which I, I think... Oh, uh, absolutely. The, yeah, the comedic timing of this film uh, was spot on. Like, you'd have... Somebody would shoot a gun, and then it'd be kind of silent for, like, six or seven seconds. And then out of nowhere, you'd just hear somebody be like, fuck you! <laughs> right. Like, or when they were checking on it, checking yeah. on everybody, like, everyone did yeah. a roll call. Like, like, what just the me fuck? and you there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to count that as present. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, they had good comedic timing in this film, and the music was silent when it needed to be, I think. Yeah. So in, in a lot of, uh, I guess, normal kind of firefight situations in films there's always two sides typically right and in this film there's the ira and then there's the gun dealing side or the people selling the guns and the people buying the guns um throughout this film i think it did a very good job of obviously picking out your favorite characters but if you had to pick a side that you were on and wanted to win was there a side that you were rooting for let's go to kelly on this one i'm thinking about it Right. Yeah, I didn't have an answer right away either. I was like, "Hope don't call on me. I don't know what I'm <laughs> yeah, going to say. Yeah, because one side is... I was thinking about it, but I, I, I'll give you mine. So yeah. I was watching this movie, and I was thinking about what side I would want to be on. And honestly, I kind of liked the IRA side. Again, I think maybe it was just the uh, the soft voices of Mr. Murphy uh, speaking mm-hmm. into my ear, and he just convinced me to join, yeah. and I just love the Irish uh, accent, I and I've also just went to Northern Ireland, so I got to, you know, yeah. <laughs> really go for, for it. Me, but for me, Cole, really like I'm, I'm sympathetic to them because they came clearly across the entire ocean to get these guns. They're fighting for their people against oppressors. They're attempt. Oh, sorry if this is a political argument, but my point is, is I felt on the side that I wanted them to succeed. They felt like they had a lot more on the line, um, but then we get, of course, that whole sex pest thing, and then that thing mm-hmm. just completely changes how I feel about the whole scenario. I guess I'm on team Brie Larson, so I'm excited that she had at least an opportunity. Uh, I think she ends up in jail, personally, but yeah. spoilers, sorry. <laughs> if you've been listening to our podcast, you know we don't give a fuck, and spoilers are part of this, but yeah, I guess I'm on team, team Brie Larson, also because I kind of forgot about her, so they did a good job. They some did people a very thought good job. that some people think like this. Oh, it's predictable. Like we knew it was gonna happen the whole time. I didn't. I was totally like, she's gone. Didn't even fucking think she was factoring it. I thought she was gonna be at the restaurant personally, like waiting for them at some weird thing, not doing her grand entrance, capping what's his face in the head and doing this whole thing. Like, good job, Brie Larson. So <laughs> team Brie. I would hit Brie Larson. Not to immediately disagree with you, but I'm gonna do that predictable 
Because she says something like, watch out for yourself, like almost like first thing when we meet her. And I was like, okay, I know how the end is going. Regardless. Maybe I was distracted by life. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) But it didn't really matter to me because like some movies, it doesn't it doesn't matter if like I kind of know that that's coming or not because it's it's the journey, not the destination. (laughs) But as far as like uh... which side. Sorry, Cole, were you saying something? I was just going to say, uh, speaking of foreshadowing, did you pick up on what Steve-O said is his first opening lines? No. My head is going to fucking explode. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, no, that's right. No, I was too busy writing down. Uh, he says, you look like you just fucked a reluctant panda bear. Oh, yeah, that was. I was more writing that. was a good insult. Yeah. I got to remember yeah. that insult next time. <laughs> That's a good one. But go ahead. For, uh, for which side I'm going to be on, and I'm, I swear I'm not manipulated by what I previously heard. I was. So I have a huge crush on Killian Murphy. I've had for like a decade and a half, probably. He is just like. He's a guy that you look at and you're like, he's a babe. And he's a babe for sure. So it's easy to fall on his side. And then I realized that's the gun purchasing side. And a lot of them, they're going to kill a bunch of people. And then the other side's represented by. Vern for a cause though for a cause yeah. sure yes yeah. they're rebelling against the repressive for government yeah fuck the queen they right? seem more um this is this is where the the thing in my head is they seem more outwardly murderous than the other side which probably has done more murder because their whole life is arms dealing regardless that side's represented Fair. by Vern who Vern is a good character but he's not someone I could fall behind not in a hundred years he's he, He's never hit a woman, self-proclaimed. So I roll my eyes like Brie Larson. <laughs> I love when she was like, "Not you uh, ever." Huge eye roll as soon as he turns away. Right. Yeah. That was really that was really funny. He was the most character of all the characters for sure. Yeah, I'm uh, always pro Irish independence, and um, also I've been watching Peaky Blinders, so uh, I'm definitely always on Killian Murphy's side. And he is, uh, I'm going to say, the sexiest man in Hollywood right now. And I'm always going to be on his side because of that, too. So, fuck yeah, I'm on uh, IRA side. Did you notice there's another uh, Peaky Blinders uh, actor that was in this movie? Which one? No, I didn't. Uh, I don't know how how far you are, but Billy Kimber is is, uh, the person that plays Billy Kimber is the other guy in the film that was with the van guy. Okay, cool. I like that a lot. So, I had a, I had one of those moments with him with the uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. So yeah, <laughs> we've kind of touched on uh, some of the things that I've enjoyed or thought uh, interesting in this film. Is there anything that you guys want to touch on specifically before we sort of get into our ending, or is there anything that you didn't like or thought could have been better? Let's start with you, Kelly. How much do we love late seventies fashion? Ooh, yeah, mm. yeah, felt very Brady Bunch to me. I liked that yellow jumpsuit, I'm not going to lie. That leisure suit was pretty sweet. You cannot go wrong if you're making a film, if you're going to set it in that kind of decade, because those styles are incredible. The like the hair and the beard and the makeup that you get to do on people is just flawless. And because of the scenery that we were in, it could have been any decade. It didn't really matter too much mm-hmm. for where you wanted to set this movie, but they said... Let's go late 70s, and the poster design reflects that as well, and I just, mwah, chef's kisses all around because they just knocked it out of the park. And it, like, adds to kind of that, like, serious whimsy that I think that 
that's kind of what that style reflects to me too. It's it's both at once and it doesn't exist without the other and same thing with the tone of this movie. Eric, did you have anything? Well, okay, I, I guess this is just kind of random, but I looked up on IMDb most popular movies where somebody's head was crushed. Um, no spoilers. And X, don't. X is, <laughs> like, <laughs> well, that, no, that's not random at all. No, yeah. Don't say well, anything uh, about future movies to come. Yeah, if you spoil H24 oh, stuff, yeah, I can't I'm say be, the number one don't film. Don't you okay. fucking do it. I can't do that. Uh, now that I know two, there's one. God number damn. two is Mortal Kombat, though. So uh, this, this is <laughs> down, oh, this is down at number one. 10. I that reference. Yeah. And yeah, like right behind Friday the 13th, part seven, the new blood, final destination. Mm. Uh, but yeah, and then Breaking Bad is on here, too. I, I think there was a pretty I famous head popping scene Breaking in Breaking Bad, Bad right? Oh, it's it's not a big like character. Anything. I mean, there's so many characters yeah, you can that. imagine. Where them does all Game of Thrones rank? Oh, I just remembered what happened in Breaking Bad: the vending machine. <laughs> oh yeah. Anyways, <laughs> this is too many spoilers. <laughs> Last for me. things that I noticed that I didn't get to all talk right. on was uh, the use of uh, different genres of music. I don't know if we talked about that. Like they use classical music, mm-hmm. slow guitar music in a lot of some of the spots, but then there was that use of just saxophone. Blasting essentially is what I'll call it, where they just had random horn interludes as things are happening, and I just want to think about like why is the director choosing different like, what constitutes allowing it to be silent for some parts where the music comes in. I'd have to rewatch it again, and I think this movie is actually worth a rewatch because of not just the soundtrack, but just all of the different aspects. Because all of us seem to have gone into this movie completely blind. And we all have seemed to have come out of it at least enjoying it for the most part. So I think it would be great if we all went into it knowing that we enjoyed it, watching it again, and picking out the different parts that we really enjoyed. Yeah. I don't know. This one I think we're going to revisit again. For one or whatever reason or another, I just feel like this movie is unique enough and sticks out enough in my brain that we're probably going to come back to it for one reason or another. I got to say that I probably wrote the least amount of notes for this film over Dude, any other film Dude, me too, we Eric. Because, I like half a page. Yeah, it's just like, like not even. Well, you're set in the scene, and it's pretty much one scene the whole time. And yeah. like the comedic lines were funny. Uh, but like I usually don't da- write down specific lines. I write down plot points and maybe metaphors that I see. And there weren't uh, a whole lot of that in the, in this film. And that's fine, yeah. you know, but like least amount of notes I took in any A24 film so far. Absolutely. I will say uh, I'm going to get on my soapbox. One thing that I hate, I don't, I I guess I don't hate. I always seem like I hate. Uh, So sprinklers in movies are always wrong. And I don't understand why this is a thing. Because if you understand how sprinkler systems work, especially the old school ones, they got a little glass bulb that when it gets too hot due to the flames, they burst and it's all gravity fed water. So all that water that like only one will break, right? So the whole system will not spray water out at, 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 at the time. So there's that where that fighter is, where it's going to burst that bulb. That's where the water is going to come out. The water is going to be concentrated in that area. Also, if you've ever worked in like construction, especially doing like vertical or if you're doing a rehab of a building, those sprinkler systems, that water is stagnant water. That water has been sitting in there since the day that they've installed it and they tested it. So that water is typically going to come out 
like putrid and black and disgusting. <laughs> but for some reason in films, they love to just like the sprinkler kicks on and the whole system runs because like there's like a magical pump or something like that. But pumps fail, which is why they don't do it. And they just use a gravity fed system full of nasty ass stagnant well, water. Putrid water is not aesthetically <laughs> pleasing, Cole. I know, but I still <laughs> don't like it. So that's my... Realism, that's my, damn it. <laughs> that's my, my quick soapbox in a... Uh, you know, waiting for a sprinkler movie to pop up and sure as shit, one did. So. My small soapbox is uh, they did reloading, but where were they holding all of this ammo? I mean, honestly, like they uh, were was, 50 minutes. There's just yeah. so much reload. Like, how the fuck do they constantly I, have that many bullets? I will say they at least did one thing with the revolvers. They showed them fucking flipping it open and like yeah, putting right, bullets yeah. like, in it. So. one time. But yeah, everyone was like packed to the gills wearing like 100 rounds on their body, like ready to fucking go. And the dudes with the grands, like, couldn't even fucking hit what they were shooting. Like, they had a superior firepower, and they couldn't do anything. Yeah, they they were were pretty bad. Um, And this has been Movie Details with Cole, sponsored by Cole's Hardware. Hell yeah. (laughs) I guess guess Cole's opening the hardware shop. Congratulations. (laughs) God, I wish. Congratulations. Uh, my My first job was at Ace Hardware. And I oh, fucking shit, loved really? that job. Aww. Yes, I absolutely loved it. <laughs> so you're absolutely going to open a hardware shop in Alaska now, right? That's going to uh, happen? Can make I, this canon? I would love to, but the amount of hardware stores in Fairbanks is like, su- there's yeah. a lot of them. Like, yeah, they I, uh, fucking like love a, just, their I was going to say, don't say surprising, <laughs> because it won't be. Yeah. <laughs> it won't be, no. A lot of people that need necessary repairs to their house, I bet, too. So. Oh, yeah. Because of the cold. Yeah. And, uh, home improvement yeah <laughs> yeah there we go i'll be a distillery and a hardware yes uh, combo. <laughs> uh, one thing that i forgot to talk about is the ending so the ending of this movie we can't just do home improvement noises out of nowhere it's not allowed <laughs> i can and i will <laughs> just because tim dallin did a bunch of cocaine in your city doesn't mean anything <laughs> kalamazoo not detroit oh sorry <laughs> yeah okay, my zoo. bad he went uh, to western yeah. moving on <laughs> back, back to the movie the ending the ending is kind of an ambiguous ending you're not given the exact you know you have a good, pretty good idea of what's happening my question to you guys, what do you think about the ending? Do you think Brie Larson got away? And do you think uh, Mr. Murphy died? Let's go to Eric. I think Mr. Murphy definitely died and Brie Larson got arrested for sure. Like the the cop sirens were right outside the warehouse right there and she was limping. She wasn't going anywhere. So yeah, she got arrested and Killian Murphy died for sure. Anyone have any th- any disagreements? Anyone think that something nope. different happens? Because nope. that's pretty face. much what I yeah, thought. I don't disagree. She had, she had, she had surprise <laughs> Pikachu face. It was just like, yeah, oh, she did. no! <laughs> yeah, it was definitely yeah. one of those uh, ambiguous, but really not ambiguous. I think we all knew what was going to happen there. So, yeah. Moving on, let's go to our patented A24 world-renowned reviews, where we give you a review from A to F, letter grades, with the number 24 thrown at the end. To give you an idea of if you should watch this movie or not. And let's start with Kelly. Okay. So I just wrote down, I think these are all the questions I ask myself when I'm deciding if a movie goes on the positive or the negative. And for this movie, I think that it's a guy's movie at the end of the day. And that's not to be gendered. You know, a guy. A guy can be anybody. And a guy 
would like Chad. would like a movie like one of these. So it's a guy's movie. I'm not a I'm not a Hell I'm yeah. not a guy. Sometimes yeah. sometimes oh. I can be a guy, but not typically. Here's all the questions that I ask myself. So bear with me for a moment. The answer to all of them except the last one is no. So here we go. Did I learn anything? Did I care about anyone slash any cause or any question? Was I entertained? Did my eyes eat? Did I feel anything? And then the last question, which I'll say yes, was I impressed? So on this like um, little survey that I kind of give myself, answer to everything else was no, but I was impressed by this movie. I thought it was not like anything that I've seen before. And I think I gave a long enough diatribe about the practical effects and the sound effects. And I think they did a fun enough job with building out all of these characters, even though as soon as you know anything about them, it's just like comedy on top of it. It's just like dripping in comedy constantly. And like, it's almost like an opera, but like for a guy's guy, if that makes <laughs> sense. So I can see who this movie's kind of for. I know it's not for me, but it's not like I'd like hated it. I actually didn't hate it at all, but I didn't love it and I didn't like it, if that makes sense. <laughs> all of this said, though, it's probably still it's the needle still on the positive because that's why this movie was kind of an enigma to me. It hit no on almost everything but nothing else about it, I would say, went wrong. I think super unique and f for a guy in my life, <laughs> I would recommend this movie for sure. Um, so, C plus 24. All right. Let's go to your better half, Eric. <laughs> How rude. I, I was her worst <laughs> half in another episode, yeah. so now you're calling me the better half. Um, <laughs> well, we got to keep it even. We got to yeah, yeah, yeah. have it normal. No. I guess yeah. my one my big guy. critique with this film, there's not a lot of plot turns. Like, we, we get into the gun deal gone wrong, and we definitely feel like we sit there for kind of a long time. This is a 90-minute film, and it did just kind of, like, sit in that... Uh, that plot point for very long, and I think it was probably because they wanted to set a record for longest uh, gun gunfight on screen. But, you know, I love a great script. I love good screenwriting, and I think this film definitely had that. It had good comedic timing, which that goes into the editing, and I'm an editor, and I love uh, when films are edited in a way where you can see that they were very conscious of comedic timing and things like that. I love all the actors in here. I guess, do, do I care, like, like a lot about any of the characters? Probably not. But I'm here for the show. I'm here for just this gunfight and uh, all the... I, I'm here for everything to unfold in front of my eyes, and it did keep me at suspense the whole time, even though I kind of probably thought that Brie Larson would uh, be the last one standing. So that all being said, I'm going to give props to this film, too, because it was a solid 90 minutes. They didn't try to... Uh, draw this out like yeah they could have had a, a plot change in the middle but I, I definitely think that uh, they kept it succinct and they did exactly what they wanted to do and they put an exclamation point at the end which I always give props to filmmakers for that so I will be slightly above Kelly maybe because I am a little bit of a guy and uh, I will give it a B minus and uh, this was a solid film you know like I I would definitely recommend this to people and uh, it didn't blow me away by any any stance, but like I was entertained the whole time, and that's all I'm gonna ask out of film, you know. 
All right, Kevin. Well, I really have enjoyed this episode in general. I think we've all had a really good banter around this film, and we've had a good liveliness about it, and I think it's because of the levity of, of the upness. Mm. I don't know how to describe this film, but it, it came across as as fun and as ridiculous as our discussion has been about it. We've had a lot of laughs. We've had a lot of like moments where we've realized parts of the film that made us feel a certain way. And the uniqueness of this film really is what I want to hammer home to the people listening right now. Like, it's not Mission Impossible, right? It's not your James Bond film or Jason Bourne or whatever of these action flicks. It's something completely unique and different. And it's only 90 minutes, so it's digestible. It's easy watching. It's something that, if you're even a little bit curious, you should just go ahead and look this up. I would recommend it to people because I honestly think that the part of this movie that is different from all other action cinema that I've ever watched is the part that I want to recommend the most. We all had to pick our own favorite characters or favorite kind of sublines, the things that made us tick about this film. um, And all of those things kind of came together to make this, you know, a pretty enjoyable watch. From start to finish, I had a smile on my face. There was different parts that made me kind of you know, perk up or or laugh or or just be like, this is cool because I knew I was watching something special. Kelly, you alluded to earlier in your your review where you said like the first 30 minutes and you were wondering if it was going to change, right? Well, for me, in that first 30 minutes, I was like, I know for a fact this is going to stay this way. Just because for something about the way the movie presented itself and this is just like, it really leaned into it, right? It, It completely embraced what it was going for. And that was a record-breaking action scene, right? We've talked about it. We The the storyline of having A-list actors that go on to be just some of the most famous people that we know kind of doing these roles that don't necessarily seem to be that big of a deal at the time. I could ramble for a lot on this movie because I actually really enjoyed it while I was watching it. Now, some of this downside, um, when you only have one scene, you do lose some of that storytelling element. Eric, you you mentioned that, and I agree with you. There's some parts where you wish you there was some more backstory, uh, a la uh, Reservoir Dogs, where you kind of have that, you know, knowing what's going on with the characters. But in this circumstance, we didn't get that, and uh, that's probably okay. So, again, recommend it to my family and friends. Uh, everyone, go see this movie. I'm going to give it a B plus 24. All right. I will... Uh conclude this review uh you know i i think overall i enjoyed this movie i liked that it was all practical effects i thought the slow action uh was very funny and deliberate and i thought the i was very hesitant with the comedy of an ira gun deal as uh, but it really really lent itself to it and i thought they did a very good job with it um the sprinklers piss me off, but that's pretty normal for me. There's always something. So, um, I do love the movie's tagline of "All guns and no control." I think that's very fitting because it's just pure chaos and just people just, you know, no one's an action hero in this movie, right? They're all just people trying to buy guns or sell guns, and they're all scared and they're all pissed off because you know this guy fucking shot me or that person shot me and it's just a vicious cycle of everyone just not wanting to necessarily be a cold-blooded murder action star type thing but they uh i don't know overall i really liked it i thought it 
captured a lot of the fun. And it was a good movie that took me into its world, let me forget about all the things going on, all the stresses, and have a good time while watching it. Plus, it it hit my uh, my 90-minute dream, so I'm a big big fan of that. So when I first clicked on it, it was like hour and 30 minutes, and I was like, God, this is going to be a good one. We got Brie Larson for 90 minutes. Let's, let's see what happens. So overall, thought it was a great movie. Um, I think it's one that a lot of people... I think you could recommend it to a lot of people. I don't think there's it's necessarily a movie that anyone would, would dislike, kind of, you know, going off of what everyone said. With all that being said, I'm going B plus 24 too. I can't give it the A. I don't think it's necessarily worth that. I think they added a little bit more elements or, or maybe pushed it a little bit more. They could have done uh, gotten to that A range, but it also could have made it worse. You never know with how, how things go. So definitely enjoyed it and... Uh, yeah, I think, uh, does anyone have any closing statements they would like to say or rebuttals before we do our sign-off? Oh, uh, fuck. I think they shot Harry in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> Not on the film, but uh, next week we will be releasing our uh, our podcast one day early, so it is released on Halloween, and we will be reviewing The Exorcist, just so everybody can get a little classical film enjoyment in. Yes, classical Yes. <laughs> yep. We were watching one of Eric's favorite films and uh, one of the greatest horror films Neat. of all time. Uh, if you want to wish Eric a happy birthday, please give us five stars and write a comment <laughs> yes. so that way he sees That's it. Right. I love there everyone. You, you have a good night. Perfect. 824 on the rocks. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs>